live here on Extra Rounds, UFC Fight Pass, TJ DeSantis, along with Pearl Gonzalez from the fight capital of the world in Las Vegas, Nevada, live at the official viewing party powered by Howlerhead, and it is official. The rubber match ends rather anticlimactically as Conor McGregor suffers an injury in the latter part of the first round. Uh, Dustin Poirier gets the stoppage officially. It'll go down in the books as a TKO injury at the five-minute mark. Um, the bout stop in between uh, rounds. Uh, it was definitely well over before the official stoppage because Conor McGregor's leg uh I mean, it, it snapped, Pearl. His, his ankle yes. was basically turned uh, 180 degrees when he tried to step back. Walk us through what you saw in the latter parts of uh, the main event. You know, I, I unfortunately didn't get to, to watch the replays, but um, I'd like to see if there was any kicks any kicks or what damage was taken beforehand because he, essentially what I saw was him just stepping on his leg. He rolled his ankle, which rolled all the way into a, it looked like a shin, a shin um, complete break. Um, God, that was a war, though. That was a back and forth. The pace was so high that I was very interested to see how both of those gentlemen were walking to their to their corners after that first round. And when you look at the pace that you know really was set early in the fight, it, it was one where Connor was game. You know, he was definitely there to fight. He tried to frame up a guillotine. Uh, we saw Dustin really start to utilize some some vicious ground and pound, and and really started to take over. The fight got back to the feet, and that's really. Uh, unfortunately for Connor, when things sort of went south. Uh, we are live inside the MGM Grand. We've got uh, Chase Hooper on the ground as well. Chase, your thoughts on uh, the performance turned in here by by Connor? Because it, it was a dominant first round for Dustin, but still the, the saving grace, I guess, for Connor was, you know, the fight wasn't necessarily over in the sense that he was beaten. He unfortunately was injured. So did Dustin. Uh, I obviously think it was pretty apparent that Dustin had, you know, the better moments or he was more in control. Um, but yeah, I, I, for it to end like that is such a um, such a tough moment. You could feel it in the crowd. Um, you can tell people wanted more. And uh, they were saying going into it, they're like, oh, there's pretty much no way there's going to be a fourth fight. But I think... Uh, you know, something like this might just uh, be the reason why they need to have a fourth one. I mean, we were talking about that earlier as the night unfolded. I said, you know, this wasn't likely to have a fourth chapter be extended. But, I mean, Chase brings up a good point, Pearl. There, there is a bit of a loophole here in the sense that, you know, Connor was beaten, per se, you know, through that first round. But the result of the fight will be an injury. So there's some saving grace that maybe there is a potential fourth fight looming? I, I thought that that was such a back and forth round. I thought that was a war. I thought that in the beginning of that round, Connor did really well, and his game plan and his strategy was amazing. He was utilizing his kicks. He was used a lot, utilizing a lot of his spinning techniques in there, um, landing some really good kick kicks and, and shots, and even his left hand landed really well. And then towards the latter part of that round, Dustin started to take over. He got the takedown, was landing vicious elbows. So it was just back and forth. The pace was so high. It was a war, and then... To, for it to end like that, you 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 almost have to you you have you have to run it back. Yeah, I and mean, obviously it's it's a bit uh, you know hard to see the fight end the way that uh, it, it did, but this was still a, a big win for a lot of ways for Dustin Poirier. We're going to talk about the Diamonds' future here in a moment, but Chase, you know, obviously you're watching it tonight. Um, you hear the fans inside MGM. There was letdown here, so I, I do believe that despite Dustin's dominance, there probably is a lot of marketability for a fourth fight down the road. 
road, should Connor heal up and, and want to come back and fight Dustin? Yeah, I mean, uh, watching that round, uh, I don't think there's anybody that'll tell you they don't want to see that again, you know? Uh, if that fight went all five rounds, you know, that type of pace, I, you know, that's a crazy fight. People love that. Um, you know, unfortunately, it did end in an injury. Uh, and, you know, stuff like that can be career-ending. Right. But, you know, not when you're Conor McGregor. Um, obviously, UFC will help heal him up as quick as possible. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be able to see uh, Dustin Poirier make his way to the title. And, uh, yeah, I could see them running it back again. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it's crazy energy. Yeah, no, 100%. You still feel it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you get with McGregor Fight Week. And, you know, I, I think, you know, Connor went out there, and, and yeah, he, he didn't have, you know, the fight he wanted. He walks away with an injury, um, but he can probably have that fight again in, in the future if he does want to. Let's talk about Dustin Poirier, though, because this was a, a statement as far as the trilogy is concerned. It goes his way. He was dominant with ground and pound. He was battering Connor McGregor. So now when you look at the UFC's lightweight division, Pearl, I mean, where does this put Dustin Poirier? Because to me, I mean, I think he's done enough to, to argue that he deserves a, a title fight at this point. I mean, this is the biggest fight week of the year thus far, a huge win, uh, maybe the, the you know staple win of his resume thus far. You know, I think we, we already heard from from the boss himself. He said the winner of this was, was getting a, a, a shot at the title. So if that's what he wants, unless he's he feels he wants another fight against Conor, which I believe he would, why wouldn't he, especially when it ended in the way it did. Right. However, Conor's probably going to be out for some time to, to heal and recover. Um, and so I think that Dustin's in, in such a great place in his career um, where he just wants to keep moving forward and, and, and stay active and stay busy. I mean, he's like we talked about this momentum being on his side. It really is. And, yes, he went in there, but he only was in there for five minutes. I mean, you know, he put tons of work in and wanted more more of a fight. So I would I would, I would would only imagine that he'd be ready to, to fight for the title and, and probably by the end of this year. Now, I'm curious with the way that it ended, does this take away from the, magnetism of Dustin Poirier does this sort of sully the win at all because again he was very dominant but this is a sport where the shine of your opponent when you defeat them doesn't always carry over to you um, moving forward I, I think Dustin Poirier is a fantastic role model outside of the cage I think he's a fantastic lightweight and one of the world's best but with that in mind Chase do you think that this win makes Dustin any more marketable or is it a wash because of the way that it ended I think, uh, you know, doing these high-level cards where it is, you know, the pressure of another Conor fight, um, I think it obviously does build him up. Where this fight, he was, rather than the underdog, he was coming in, being the favorite, and, you know, he kind of pulled through. It's not, um, it's kind of similar to, let's say, like the Diaz-Masvidal fight, where it did end in, like, a, a doctor stoppage. Right. But it was still pretty... Uh, you know, one-sided, but you can clearly see who was in control for uh, the part of the fight that was seen. Um, I think it just shows how game uh, Dustin Poirier is. He didn't come in there with any fear at all. They've already shared the octagon twice, and, uh, you know, it's a very intimate type of, uh, you know, relationship to share with someone, especially on the third time around. And, uh, 
Yeah, I think uh, I think he's gonna do real well with the momentum from this. I hope so, because he deserves it. I mean, we've talked about that a lot, Pearl. Like Dustin Poirier is an admirable fighter inside and outside of the octagon, and and you want to hope that Dustin can be as big of a star as possible when he beats someone like Conor McGregor. Now twice stops him both times. Uh, you know, granted the injury is sort of the asterisk there, but Dustin Poirier should be one of the brightest stars in the UFC. Absolutely, and he is. He really is. He, You can't have a fight without two dance partners. So he was half of this dance tonight, and he was half of, of, of such a big and amazing moment that we had today in our sport. Um, and so, yes, he is, He's he, and he's got a lot of momentum on his side. You mentioned uh, the odds, Chase. Uh, let's take a look at how the odds actually closed up here, courtesy of DraftKings. Um, minus 139 favorite for the Diamond, Dustin Poirier. Sizable favorite over Connor coming into this fight. Uh, the odds makers and betting public got it wrong, though, with Dorino Gilbert Burns. Uh, he cashes as a plus 130 uh, ticket against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who is minus 160. Uh, definitely interesting stuff uh, there, courtesy of DraftKings. DraftKings believes that life is more fun with skin in the game. Get in the action with sports betting, daily fantasy contests, and free-to-play pools. Download any of the DraftKings apps today. Use the promo code FIGHTPASS. Um, you know, getting back to the uh, fight at hand here tonight, um, Dustin Poirier dominant in the uh, bout as it unfolded early on. If they were to run this back, I mean, I, I got to think that the odds moving forward for Conor McGregor is going to be a, a sizable underdog at this point. It's not going to be like even money, Chase. I think we're going to look at Conor McGregor if he fights Dustin Poirier as a two and a half, three to one uh, underdog moving forward. Yeah, it's it's crazy how kind of fickle people are as far as the odds go. Um, they will write you off so quick. Um, you know, after the last fight, people are like, oh, Connor needs to change camps, all that. Um, but people don't necessarily realize how close these guys are skill level wise. And it's there's all, it comes down to all these tiny factors of who had their better weight cut, who, you know, came in tonight with a, you know, who had a better night's sleep, you know, who right. ate better. Because they're at such a high level and they're so close skill set wise, it's these little micro adjustments that change the fight in these huge ways. And it's... Um, you know, I feel like you saw that here. Like, Connor just made a misstep. Right. Literally. That, you know, literally a misstep yep. ended the fight. Um, but I, I think just the way that people handle fights is they're going to ride him off for a long time, and he's really got to come back and, uh, you know, use that type of um, negative energy and, like, really, you know, use that to build himself back up moving forward. Right. It's interesting you bring that up because all week long it was what is the hunger level of Conor McGregor? Is he that same fighter that he was when he came up, you know, in route to the UFC's featherweight championship? And now I think that question actually coming out of the fight weighs heavier than it did coming into the fight because when you look at Conor, he's going to have to battle through, you know, probably extensive rehab time. I mean, you know, looking at it, I, surgery, I'm not a doctor. It's likely. Okay, I'm not going to say it's a foregone conclusion but come on, your, your, your limbs don't bend that way. Um, Pearl, what do you think about Connor, where he's at in life? You know, obviously we're not close, we're not inside his head, but he's going to have to tap into something that he used to propel him to defeat Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. It's going to have to be that level of dedication and motivation to get back into just another fight, let alone into contention to fight someone like Dustin Poirier again. Well, I mean, we do have an amazing example right now with injury and recovery. Chris Weidman is sparring like six weeks out of his surgery, which is incredible. So 
the healing process is it's it's very reasonable or doable for him to come back in not in, in a shorter time than we would assume. Uh, granted, we once we find out what really happened with his injury. However, I don't really. I feel like Connor looked really good tonight. Um, yes, there was there was you know at the end of that round, uh, Dustin was getting the better the better end of the fight, but. Connor still came to fight. He was accurate. He looked he looked on point. He was confident. He was landing good strikes. He was landing power shots. To me, it almost reminded me of, of some of the old Connor. And so I don't know if, if I would say that he wasn't as or he wasn't hungry right. or that he has so far to climb. I think he looked great. This is a fight and and uh, like um, Cooper or Cooper. You see, it's, it's right. Chase Hooper, but you see you put the, the C in the oh, Cooper, and it's Cooper kind of, you know, I'm trying. Uh, Ch- I'm so trying. Chase He's just said it. that, you know, they, they, they're so, when when you're at this level and, and you guys are so equal or leveled in skills, it's tiny little things. And these two gentlemen both came to fight. They, that was right. a war in there. And so both of them were going back and forth. So I don't want to say Connor didn't show up tonight. No, I I'm, I'm not saying phenomenal. Connor didn't show up tonight. I'm saying that he's going to have to tap into that thirst and hunger just to get healthy and do the right things because he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to put his body through those types of uh, you know rigorous exercises and, and physical therapy to get back to being a cage fighter and a world class athlete. He can do the bare minimum and just become a guy who walks again fine. And th- that's what I'm saying. I-, I think we definitely saw a game, Connor. Connor never quit in this fight. And again, this injury happened you know a few moments before the end of the round, and he wasn't looking to necessarily get out. I think he looked at the referee one time just to sort of be like look something's wrong and then it became very apparent he, he wasn't I mean do you, do you guys remember when Anderson Silva broke his leg against Chris Weidman he was writhing in pain screaming Conor McGregor looked mildly annoyed than more than oh my god the world's ending right now what were your thoughts on his expression Chase yeah uh, it is you know there's only so much that the adrenaline will take care of uh, I'm sure he was feeling quite a bit of that, but, um, you know, he, he's such a tough guy as it is. You know, just to get to that position of being, you know, Conor McGregor, he's got to be such a tough guy physically and mentally. Um, but, yeah, he, he was dealing with it pretty well. I felt like he came into the fight super um, motivated. Uh, like Pearl was saying, I feel like he, he looked great on the cage walk, you know. You can really see when the guy's, um, you know, bouncing around waiting for his opponent. I feel like he looks super game. He came out like that. Um, I love the way he took the yeah. center of the octagon when he walked out there for the uh, introduction with Bruce Buffer as well. Like, that yeah. was vintage Connor in a lot of yeah. ways. And, you know, it would have been interesting to see what round two would have you know, had in store because, again, while Connor was battered and maybe beaten up a little bit, I don't think he was broken mentally. And, yes, physically, that's a different story. But the bottom line is Connor McGregor is game as hell, and I think we saw that for the better part of five minutes tonight. And, uh, I mean, a prediction here moving forward, I think Connor will be back. I don't think this is the last we've seen of Connor. No, I, he's a fighter, and he's said that multiple times. And uh, he's, he's just going to fight you know now his fight becomes healing his injury and healing his body and becoming healthy um and as fighters we as fighters that's just what we do we we take every challenge and and we fight and so i do believe that connor i don't know if he comes if he decides to come back to fighting he does not have to if he decides to he will but i do know that he will get healthy again and and you know that's his fight now 
Let's take a look at our co-main event tonight because we were treated to a really good fight over the course of 15 minutes. Uh, the judges come down unanimous, 29-28 uh, across the board for Gilbert Burns. He was the underdog tonight. He takes out Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and I thought really handled him well, uh, ha handled himself well in the post-fight interview. Did not come out and demand uh, a fight with Kamara Usman. He came out and he said, you know, look, I'll, I'll fight Jorge Masvidal. I'll fight Nate Diaz. He's saying all the right things to actually get people more invested and interested in maybe propelling him back to uh, a title fight uh, with Kamara Usman. Your thoughts, uh, Chase, tonight on Gilbert Burns' his performance that he turned in over the course of 15 minutes? Yeah, he, uh, he had crazy, you know, uh, like stick with his grappling. He had crazy uh, squeeze. You know, he was able to hold on to uh, Steven really well and, uh, you know, just make it hard and really, you know, kind of try to drag him into the deeper waters. Um, and I feel like he was doing a really good job of doing that efficiently. Um, I feel like he wasn't using uh, a ton of energy. Um, he was, you know, obviously doing the little peppering shots, um, working his way up positionally. Um, you know, I, I love both these guys. Um, obviously, I, I liked uh, Steven a little more because I trained with him. Um, but I really respect Gilbert and all that he's done. And, uh, you know, I really, uh, I always love the jiu-jitsu guys. Um, but yeah, he did great at, um, you know, figuring out a way to beat, uh, Wonder Boy without, you know, kind of walking into his game and, uh, you know, getting pieced up necessarily. Uh, but yeah, it was a great fight overall. When I look at what Gilbert Burns did tonight, you know, with his performance inside the octagon, it, it, he handled himself with such a confidence. You know, when you look at Wonderboy Thompson, he does pose a lot of, of riddles. He's a, he's a specialist. I mean, we saw that over the course of uh, 50 minutes against, you know, Tyron Woodley. Gilbert Burns was able to push through some of those challenges and, and solve that riddle. I actually wouldn't have been surprised, Pearl, if they would have scored at 30-27 for Gilbert Burns. They, they did go 29-28, recognizing one round uh, for Stephen Thompson, but the fact that Gilbert was in control as much as he was as an underdog says a lot about him as a fighter and the adjustments that he will inevitably need to make if he wants to take out someone like Kamar Usman. Yeah, we, we knew coming into this fight that Gilbert was the superior grappler. Um, I, I did not. I thought that going into that third round, it was they were one and one. I thought that Thompson fought a very smart fight tonight. His, his striking looked great. The movement that I kept talking about all week long was spot on. He, he was he moving very well. He was very aware of the takedowns and, um, and just did overall a great job of kind of nullifying a lot of the grappling until until Gilbert really got his hands on him. And gosh, Gilbert fought such a great fight when he got his hands on him. There was not a lot of movement. You know, Chase said it, he, he was very efficient in his energy and control. And there, was, there wasn't a lot of strikes that were being thrown. He was slowly working his way up the body until he got to a really dominant position where he had great control and then he could, he could land some shots. And by that time, the, the round was over. And so it was a very smart fight. Uh, very, very strategic on both ends, um, and Gilbert came out on top, and again, the grappling. I mean, his grappling is incredible. We look at, you know, where Gilbert Burns goes from here, you know, potential fights with Nate Diaz or, or Jorge Masvidal, great fights, but where does Wonderboy Thompson go from here? He's, uh, you know, two-time title challenger. He, uh, you know, is on a bit of a run where he, he wins a couple, can, can, you know, hit a skid, come back and, and rally. As long as he wants to continue to fight, I want to watch Wonderboy Thompson fight. He's always exciting. Uh, Chase, you obviously spend time with him. I mean, what would you like to see next for Wonderboy? Yeah, I feel like he's kind of one of those... 
you know, fan favorites, like someone like Cowboy, um, who, regardless, people want to see him fight. Um, I can't necessarily think of any names, you know, because he's fought so many of the these tough guys. I could see, you know, maybe Burns fighting Masvidal, because Masvidal just fought for the title. You know, if he wins uh, against George uh, or Jorge, sorry about that. <laughs> hey, he um, actually goes by both. I mean, he'll he'll, he'll answer to both. So. That's fair. Um, <laughs> That's then awesome. he can um, move back up for that title shot. Um, I think that could leave someone like Nate Diaz to fight Wonder Boy. That's a and fun that would fight. be a really fun fight. Yeah, two fun strikers, yeah. super long dudes for the division. Um, you know, both coming off a loss. You know, trying to build that momentum back up. That could be a super fun fight. Yeah, I wonder what that fight would look like if if we would see Nate try to go to a more grappler mode to maybe exploit Wonderboy, but that's not easy. I mean, the way that, that Thompson carries himself and, and is mobile in that fight is, is, is quite impressive. So um, let's, let's see what happens uh, moving forward. Did you have something, Chase? Do you want to say something about that? No? I'm good. I'm okay. good. I'm hanging out. I mean, <laughs> like, like do, you think that, do you think that Nate would like if he fought Wonderboy, would he go more grappler or would he try to, uh, you know, box him up like he normally does? Uh, I could see him going either way. Um, you know, I feel like he didn't try to grapple too much with uh, Masvidal, even though Masvidal is a great grappler still um, in his own right. I, I could definitely see him taking more of the jiu-jitsu approach, but it seems like it's kind of um, taking a backseat for him a little more. Right. He seems to be more into the boxing, uh, you know, trying to strike a little more. Um, but, you know, if they were to strike, that would be such a fun, uh, you know, could main event on a uh, fight night, five rounds. I love that, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Both of these guys have great cardio. That would be such a, a you know, fight of the night for sure. Yep. Let's uh, take a look at some of the uh, other action we saw tonight. We saw a banger between Tai Tuivasa and Greg Hardy. Uh, Pearl, you called this. You said this was going to be one of the better fights of the night. You thought it was going to be violent. You know, when, when two athletes come in and say, look, we're going to come out and put on a show and, and be violent, it, it's sometimes hard to actually live up to those words, but not between uh, these two heavyweights. They came out to uh, throw down, sling leather, and, uh, you know, Tai Tuivasa gave uh, Greg Hardy a nap. He did, and that was such a close fight, though. I mean, that was another war, right? I mean, he came out off the bat. He had some, threw some, and landed some hard leg kicks, and then actually was hurt. And um, Hardy came in, and I feel like Hardy maybe got a little anxious when he saw how hurt um, Ty. Yeah, Tui Vasa. Tui Vasa, there we go. Yeah. So how how he was hurt? He kind of came in, but he came in a little. Carelessly would right. be the word that I would use. He came use. in for the kill. He, I mean, he thought that he wasn't in danger there. Uh, he came in carelessly for it and and got caught with the left hook, you know. And, and, and when you are a big man like these two gentlemen are, that's just you, you can't come in carelessly because it's one punch and what Greg Hardy found out tonight, you know, you're done, unfortunately. But it was a great fight. Both gentlemen came in and were, were slugging. And shoeys were handed out all over the T-Mobile Arena. And are we doing shoeys here? Yeah, I'm doing a shoey. What do we got? What do we got going on? Um, okay, I don't know what they brought me. They brought me some beer here. Right. And I volunteered to use my shoe. That, I mean, that looks like a weird beer you know, mug. Okay, so the only reason why I'm doing this is because it's my shoe. Okay. okay. It's, I, it's my shoe. No no one's going to believe you if you said it was my shoe. amazing. So. Okay, my shoe smells amazing. And it's clear. Like, this is like a Cinderella <laughs> slipper. Like, who wouldn't want to do a shoey out of this? Me. So, anyways, here. Can you hold this for me? Sure. Right, I feel like so. you could auction off the other one for a shoey. That's want. true. What? That's true, yeah. I mean, there's a market for the other one. Like, yeah, the other one. What do you mean? 
Don't, don't worry. Don't worry with me. Let's just do this. All right. All right. So Let's I have like now. little holes in my shoe. I'm oh, this is going to rain all over everything. <laughs> all right. You don't have to put the whole thing in there. Like, I, Listen, wh don't tell me what to do on fight night, That's TJ. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, back I never up. learned my Just lesson. Back it, back it up. Just a tad. All right. <gasps> ah! There we go. The shoe. Uh, this is a Healy. That's really what it is, you know, because it's, yeah, Healy. What do you say Woo! when you do it? Salud? I don't know. Why not? Salud? There we go. Pro Gonzalez <laughs> with the first ever Healy live on Extra Rounds. <laughs> I uh, love it. Healy. I like that. I like that. So uh, That was good. Damn, my shoe good? tastes good. Really? It did. All right. <laughs> when in Rome. Um, do, did we give away the, the boxers yet? We still got them. Uh, Is it, I, I mean, know. what are we going to do with these things? I might wear them home. Yeah? I, I, you might get in trouble bringing those things to like airport security. They're going to look at you funny. I don't know. I don't I've, uh, I'm kind of willing to take that risk. <laughs> take I one need, for the team, right? I need some new uh, date night underwear, and I think these might just. Uh, okay, that, is, that might be too much information, my friend. <laughs> date night underwear. All right. I mean, he's honest. He's open with it. Why not? Not a red panty night, unfortunately, uh, for Conor McGregor or his fans. Did you feel the energy, guys, like that that shifted in here when when the injury happened? Because we're you know right outside the Grand Garden Arena watching this and, and feeling this unfold. And the, the Howlerhead viewing party was truly a, an intimate experience. When you go inside there, it, it kind of felt like we were put on a huge living room floor watching the fights all together with this gigantic screen in the middle of the arena. But you could tell... Immediately, once the the fight was over, there were some really upset people. A lot of people believe that Connor was going to, uh, you know, pull this one out. You know, describe your experience when the fight ended the way it did, Pearl, because you could you could feel that energy shift and change. Absolutely, you know that the, the fans are so passionate in this fight, this particular fight. There was so much emotion and passion be, be, between both of these fighters, you know. And we talked about this earlier, where it was it was pretty fifty fifty on who who wanted who to win. Right. However, as an athlete, for me. When you see something like that, it's devastating. I mean, it is so hard to overcome an injury, but something like that, so tragic in the moment, like, that's hard. I mean, you, you have to get out of the octagon, first right. and foremost, get to the hospital, and then the healing process. And for athletes, for a, an athlete especially like Connor, who works extremely hard, and, and you constantly are working and, and, and working out and training towards something, and then when your body is shut down completely and not by your decision, that's a really hard thing to overcome and grasp. So for me, it's emotional in that way because you know he has a lot of challenges and he has a, a, a lot to, to get through in the next few weeks. Because, I, I mean, that's the thing that I keep thinking of. I go back and we talk about the hunger. Like, it, it's, it's a strength that he's going to have to tap into. This is going to be as much mental as it is physical. Chase, what's, what's the worst injury you've had to battle through as an athlete? I, I've been extremely lucky as far as injuries go. I haven't had anything too crazy, um, mainly cosmetic, uh, like cuts and stuff. I actually did, um, I, I don't want to compare it to Connor, but I, I rolled my ankle super bad before my debut and it was swollen up for, you know, a month. Um, you know, it's hard to train around that type of stuff. Um, Obviously, it's so much different uh, getting an injury before a fight where you're like, all right, I got to work through this versus getting an injury in a fight where, you know, you build up the pressure so much um, of the fight. And then, you know, to have it end like that, it's it's not even like you can say, like, all right, I lost. 
it's like you know it was kind of out of my hands right you know it, it was a freak accident and it really um you know it just affects you so much uh because you don't get to you know show all the work that you put in um and i feel like that just as much as the physical pain is something that you really have to deal with if you can bring us inside the mind of a fighter pro a little bit what what do you think uh, are going to be the biggest hurdles for connor um, I think uh, it's the inability to move. The inability to use that leg is, is going to be the biggest hurdle to come over. Going through the surgery, the pain, all, as fighters, as athletes, you can deal with that. That, that comes with the territory. However, the inability to, to move and do things on your own, um, I believe for myself at least, is, is the hardest thing to overcome because as an athlete, you, you're used to use your body is what you use. And when that is shut down, it's kind of like you almost lose your sense of purpose in a sense. Um, and granted, fortunately for Connor, he does. He has many businesses. He has a, a lot of other things in his life. He's got his wife, his children. Um, so he does have other things. However, n being you know, not being able to move with by himself or on his own, I think is probably going to be his biggest challenge. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, again, getting back to those challenges, it's it, he's going to be fine physically if he if he can put himself through the uh, you know paces to do so, and and that's going to be the hardest part. And we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. The notorious one, uh, unfortunately, not able to get it done tonight here in Las Vegas, but Dustin Poirier definitely moving his career uh, in an upward trajectory. Uh, he solidifies the uh, trilogy tonight getting that win in the rubber match. Uh, we kicked off the main card with the Sugar Show. Sean O'Malley taking on a very uh, durable oh Chris Matinho. Um, when I when I look at this fight, I mean, the, the odds were obviously stacked against Matinho, but he comes out, he drops oh a uh, fight. It was, I almost wanted to say decision because it was so close to going the distance, but that TKO uh, ends it. Um, looking at some performance of the night stuff, uh, I believe that uh, Sean O'Malley got a uh, performance of the night uh, $75,000 turned in. Um, fight of the night bonus hey. is to get uh, $75,000. Um, Sean O'Malley and uh, Chris Matinho winning that. I mean, what can you say uh, about Matinho? Again, this was sort of a, a no-lose situation for him. Huge underdog. And while he doesn't get the win chase, he, he can walk out of T-Mobile yeah. tonight with his head up, you know, very high. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you just said, a no-lose situation for him going into this fight. Short notice against, you know, such a huge name. Um, all the pressure was on O'Malley tonight to, you know, prove that, uh, you know, he deserves the spot that he's at. Um, and Martino, you know, did so much better than I feel like a lot of people were expecting out of him. Um, you know, he was really pretty fearless, um, which is kind of a, a nice thing that you can enjoy being that underdog is like, all right, people are expecting me to lose, so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, you know, show them what I got. Uh, but I feel like he did a good job of that, and he's going to, um, I feel like he still has a lot of promise for UFC. And, uh, you know, obviously it was a crazy fight to have a debut, uh, you know, on. But I feel like he uh, he has a lot of promise kind of moving forward from here. I mean, you look at it, we say no-lose situation. I mean, this is really a, a promotion and a company that will reward you for stepping up and, and doing things like this. And Matinho moving forward again, you know, you know, suffers defeat tonight. But uh, he, he's got the heart of a warrior. What were your thoughts on the stoppage, though, Pearl? Was, was that the right decision uh, by Herb Dean to end that fight with, you know, just seconds to go, literally 30-some seconds <laughs> left? I think looking from an outsider... And not as an athlete, absolutely. Um, he was clearly being outclassed. 
he he was taking a lot of damage and there was no absolute no quit in him at all. He was not going to go out. And so with that being said, there was just there was unnecessary damage that was being taken at that point. And sometimes you as coaches, as referees, as, as other people, when you have a warrior like that who's unwilling to, to put down his shield and, and respectfully, rightfully so, right? Um, however, you have to step in for them. And I think that, that on that end, yes, that was a, a great call on, on Herb Dean's end to, to stop the damage. It was unnecessary. He, he wasn't winning the fight. And he, he, there was just no point of taking right. any more. I mean, However, as an athlete, you, you never want to go out like that. You never want to go out and, and, and you fight until the last second. Right. There's always an opportunity. There's always a chance to win. And so with that, you know, it's, it's it back and forth. But I think that looking as an outsider, and yes, it, it was a good call. I mean, it's hard to say because, like, at any given time, anything can happen and, and change the tide of a fight. But safety is paramount. Do, do your sentiments sort of echo Pearls? I mean, you're, you're a fighter too, Chase. Obviously, you probably want to fight until you can no longer fight. Uh, yeah, your thoughts? I, I, I agree with all of that. Um, you know, the, the job of your coach is the job of the ref. And the people on the outside is to be the ones to make that call for you. Right. Because, you know, to get to the level of the UFC, you have to have that mental toughness to not quit when you're, you know, getting beat up like that and, you know, taking all that damage. You, you bring up a good point in the sense that, you know, sometimes it's up to the coaches. And we very rarely, I mean, technically it's illegal in the unified rules to throw in the towel, but it's, it's designed to stop the fight. Um, do, do you think that maybe Matinho's corner should have jumped into action or was that maybe a, a bridge too far? Because he, he was still moving forward. That's my problem with the stoppage. Yes, he was taking shots, but it seemed like he was cognitively still in the fight, moving forward, eating punishment, but still fighting. Yeah, I, I think he was still, you know, in the fight enough for his corner to, you know, still be on his side and not be like, all right, our guy's taking, right. you know, too much. Um, yeah, I, I think there's kind of the levels to it. If it's like a horrible, uh, you know, beating, then that's when it's the corner's job to maybe step in. If it's, you know, not quite on the, on the doorstep of being finished. But, uh, you know, the, the referee always has, you know, the... The right of way, you know, he's right. the guy right next to the action. He has hardest the most, job in the world. Yeah, the best referees are the ones who you don't know their name. You know, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's always a bad night if anybody really mentions you uh, as a ref. But um, yeah, I feel like Herb made the right decision, and uh, yeah, yeah. When I look at. Uh, Sean O'Malley, too. I mean, I, we're kind of burying the lead. Matinho did such a good job. We're, we're kind of, like, glazing over the fact or glossing over the fact that Sean O'Malley, you know, went out and, and fought his heart out and, and got a win. Um, you know, there have been a lot of questions about his health moving forward with his, his legs and, and being a, a target there. You know, he had a tough loss to, to Cheeto Vera. Um, I kind of want to get your thoughts, Pearl, on the offensive output of uh, Sean O'Malley. Ultimately, he gets the finish. Comes maybe a lot later than some people thought, but that may have had more to do with Matinho's heart than, you know, the, the power of Sean O'Malley. Absolutely. I mean, he looked so clean. He he really utilized his length and through these long strikes. He had great kicks, long ones and twos. His jab was spot on. And then, you know what? I can't even say his name. What's his name? Matinho. Matinho did such a great job of he never stopped putting pressure on him. He never stopped coming forward. I mean, he ate shot after shot and just kept walking through him like, it was insane. 
Um, and that put a lot of pressure that that kept um, that kept O'Malley on his back leg that kept him on, on you know the back backpedaling in a sense right. but he looked so great striking his ability to strike and move backwards was incredible and he was accurate he was fast he had great speed he was in and out he had great movement um, he looked he looked great tonight and he wasn't he wasn't forcing a, a knockout he wasn't forcing a finish um, and he just he outclassed him I mean he looked phenomenal tonight Chase your thoughts on the uh, sugar show as we wrap uh, up things I mean this this was uh, a fight that went to deeper waters but I think we got to see more of Sean O'Malley over the course of nearly 15 minutes yeah I mean uh you know, if you were to get, you know, these quick finishes every fight, we, we'd only get to see so much. Um, but then you really get to see, you know, the the full kind of depth of his game with the striking. Um, he was doing a great job of really maintaining that distance. Um, he, you know, pretty much landed everything he threw out there. Uh, he put out a crazy, uh, you know, crazy volume with his strikes. And I don't think he necessarily uh like you guys were saying was kind of chasing that knockout because i think he you know he felt super confident and he just kind of wanted to drag this guy out a little more and maybe show off the striking a little more um and you can't force the issue, especially with someone that, I mean, that's the thing, too. We talk about the uh, short notice for Matinho. That's mm. short notice for O'Malley as well as far as preparing for a completely different guy. Definitely. Um, I think also with that unknown variable of the short notice, he didn't want to, you know, get too close um, if he was getting too crazy with his striking and, you know, kind of risk taking a shot because, again, there is so much pressure on O'Malley to win this fight. Right. If uh, Moutinho looked good or, like, you know, dropped him or anything crazy like that, then it would be, you know, a, a much different story. So I think he was playing it a little safer. Um, but obviously he's still got the job done. He's still a world-class striker, and I think he, uh, you know, he still moves forward from here. Um, I think he's starting to get, you know, obviously bantamweight's super deep right now. Uh, but I think he's getting towards, uh, you know, fighting some ranked guys, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's definitely the next step. Um, Chase, thanks for hanging out, man. It's fun yeah. uh, fun doing this, uh, you know, fight week here in Vegas. Uh, had a little fun with the, the shirts. Um, unfortunately, the boxers didn't find a new home yet, but there's still time before we get out of Vegas. But uh, appreciate you stopping by and uh, doing extra rounds. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a good time. It's our pleasure. Um, Pearl, how about this? Fight capital of the world, biggest fight card of the week. They let us in the building. I mean, not the actual building, but still a pretty kick-ass watch party by Howlerhead. And uh, I couldn't think of a better place to be to, to take in this uh, phenomenal fight than sit next to you. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a blast. That's it? Yeah. Th that shoey affecting you? No. And now we're all of a sudden, like, short. you want to get out of here. You want to go do, like, more shoeys elsewhere. Something like that. So, all right, that's it. I want to thank uh, our producers, uh, Steve Coyne, Frankie Redzeppi, uh, everyone at Fight Pass. I don't know Walker's last name, but he's pretty great. Uh, Chase Hooper, Pro Gonzalez, me, TJ DeSantis. Appreciate you watching. Uh, miss any part of this, check out the archive over on the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page or all of our shows over on Fight Pass proper. So go sign up, UFCFightPass.com. For Pearl and Chase, I'm TJ. We'll see you next time for more extra rounds here on UFC Fight Pass.
UFC Fight Pass is a TJ DeSantis production. Its content is intended.